<laughs> All right, let's jump into it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Cooperators Viewers Couch, the Mighty Mandos podcast. Today, we are talking about Chapter 15. That's right, we're talking The Believer, which, I mean, let's be honest, they've had some banger titles this one. We had, like, The Tragedy, we had The Believer, we had The Jedi, like... Oh, just so many good, like, titles. I think last season was pretty good, too. But, man, this season, it's going for it. I think these ones are actually getting a lot more metaphorical in some ways, too. Especially this one. I had to really think about it. But, like, we'll talk about it more. But, yeah, it was yeah. good. Uh, titles. Yeah. If you didn't know, on the Mighty Mandos podcast, each and every week, we talk about the latest episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. This week, we went through, like I said, chapter 15. That's season two, episode seven, if you're going by that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Damn. You can catch us each and every week on Sundays live on Twitch at around one o'clock PST for the most part, unless there's a change, in which case we will put that on our social media, which you can also follow. And those links will be in the description of this video or in the description of this audio, depending on how you're doing this. Uh, you can also catch us on wherever you listen to your podcast starting. I think it's going to they go up on about Tuesdays, Monday, or Tuesdays depending on the week. Uh, so make sure to subscribe to the Cooperators Viewers Couch on your podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. I think that's it for our small intro. Let's jump right into this, Gabe. What did you think about The Believer? Um, I thought it was a very... Uh, I said earlier before we started um, officially talking about it. Um, it was a subtle episode. I think it was one where... Man, the director, Rick, uh, and I always mispronounce his last name, uh, Fuji, Fud, Fud, ah, Fatu, Come on, you got this. Fuwima, Faduwima, Fadujima, Famuina, Famuina, or Fam. You're saying a lot of things, but I don't think any of them are the right words. I don't know. I just feel like he just really can't catch a break because he had last season's episode that he directed, which was a bit of a stinker. Um, a but bit of a I'll, stinker. I, I I feel like though after watching this episode, it, it redeems that episode a lot because it does a lot of setup for what we see here. But I also think we could also make that argument too that maybe without the episode, we just are introduced to Bill's Bill Burr's character now. But I think there's a little bit of payoff to know the history before. So I'm like, I could live with it. I could live without it. But overall, it was a good episode, a subtle episode. I think there are a lot of questions in this episode that are really good for unpacking and doing a closer analysis. Like, um, one of the questions I have is, to what extent do we see um, Bill Burr's character grow from being incredibly pessimistic about um, new ruling um, societies or class or the fact that the revolution happened or didn't happen and, and who's on top and who's not on top, to then completely in one single shot destroying the compound and then being released and then a further deeper analysis i think would be what is the mandalorian saying about the prison system or the prison industry complex um in terms of rehabilitation what is the point of rehabilitation and then the bigger question which i really has made me think a lot about which is who is the believer Hmm. Is it the Mandalorian who 
now believes that he can't live without the kid? Is it Cara Dune who has switched her belief in the rebellion to it's the rebellion, but you have to kind of make it on your own terms? Is it Bill Burr's character who believes that actually there is something to believe in now? Oh, you're breaking up just a bit, so just uh, give it a second and then maybe... Watching the Mandalorian... Um, oh, oh, no! Oh, oh, oh. Just give it a second. Give it a good 30 seconds. Uh, and we will what? jump back into it. Sorry, everyone. We just have a little internet troubles. <laughs> and Gabe is doing some karate chops. That, that <laughs> Yeah, that, that seemed to fix it a little bit. Let's see. Uh, keep going with your point and we'll see if we need to... Uh, oh yeah, I think my point was was um, watching Bill Bill Burr watching The Mandalorian kind of basically just give his life and make a whole bunch of different changes to his philosophy and to his way of being. For example, the helmet being off, um, going without his armor for what? Somebody he doesn't even know. Like the like Grogu is someone he doesn't really know, but it, that's something that now the Mando believes in that gives Bill Burr hope and to believe in that. And again, there's so many layers to kind of unpack and think about like, well, what is the, is it? And then like, again, I want to have someone with a gender studies background on here to talk about the different ways in which men think and in which men believe or don't believe, or like what changes those belief systems and those old structures. Is that a larger, like there's so many things. Yeah. So in a way it's a hell of a subtle episode. Um, but it raises a lot of questions and yeah, my one critique about it. And I'm, sh I don't know if you have the same critique, which is I found this season to be a lot of, we got to go do this thing, but in order to do this thing, we have to go do this other thing. And that other thing is the whole fucking episode. And then we go back to the big, bigger thing. And to me, that's like, I'm not in it to play an RPG. I'm in it for the, for the movie experience. I don't want to take these little side quests. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to also just because you know they only have eight episodes. Yeah. Oh, so we don't have time for this shit, man. Yeah, it's true. In this season, more than last season, even it really feels like it's on these like side shoots. Yeah. Um, some of them I think were necessary. Like I liked the one with Ahsoka, of course. I thought the Jedi episode was amazing. I thought that, you know, it. <sighs> No, I I just I wish that I could say that this really redeemed the prisoner from last season, but I don't I really don't think it did because they could have just they could have done this episode without it. They could have just had him be an ex imperial, and maybe introduce him earlier on like in a wanted poster or something, right? Um, yeah, I right I think you're totally right about that, Ben. And I think I'm just being super stubborn to just like be like ah, oh, but maybe it redeems it. I think you're right. I think you're totally right about it. And I also think. That at the same time, my critique about it, I still stand by the fact that this season's the best one so far. Like it's it, it's really gone through the motion of like super fast. Mm -hmm. Like I want to ride. I I mean I think that's kind of what you've been saying too is that they haven't let off the gas pedal. Yeah. I, and yet we've gone on these side quests. So. Yeah, and I don't know. I think that there's other ways you could have done this too. You could have brought in the other Mandalorians. You didn't actually yeah. need to bring back Bill Burr's character having him kind of show that 
he left the Empire for a reason, because he didn't believe in what they were doing anymore, was interesting. And, like, it was like, all right, well, maybe that character has a little more depth to it than what we saw before. We're obviously going to see him again because he was released. I think that he's probably going to end up just being that character that comes back once every season. Yeah. I just... I. I don't know why he is the one they chose for that, but I think that he is going to be that character. Uh, think like the Pontiac Bandit or something from uh, Broken Nine Nine, and yeah, it's interesting. And I wonder. I mean, I I could even see them bringing back. Uh, I don't know, maybe even for the next episode, but I doubt that. But one thing I did like about this episode is it's kind of like made me think back to season one when we were talking and how we wanted these characters to like come in and be part of like this group. Right. Um, I think we're seeing that more and more right now, like how the Mandalorian is changing, that he's no longer just a lone wolf. And he, he has these people along for the ride with him to like complete his mission. Right. And I love that. I'm loving, I'm loving the format that they're going into. That is not just him alone running. It's now him with friends hunting and, like, really being, like, kind of a bounty hunter again. Yeah. Uh, I do... There are some parts, obviously, that I'm still not happy with. I think that, uh, again, bringing this episode in when you only have eight episodes, yeah. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I feel like there's other ways you could have handled all this. You could have handled him finding... Uh, Moff, uh, Gideon, other ways... Compared to having to break into the thing. Also, like, why was the Mandalorian or, uh, yeah, why was the Mandalorian able to get past the sensors? Like, sure, he might not be, like, wanted or, like, a rebel, but wouldn't they have a database of all the stormtroopers? Like, why would he be able to access that information? Like, that seems like a very big oversight in the eyes of the Empire. Um, like, it would, yeah, like, it, no, that, it just doesn't make any sense when you actually think about it. Like, with that one a lot of questions about what did the scanner show what does it say as red like yeah yeah uh, i mean yeah it's, if you think about it though on the flip side of it all i guess it sets up for a really really action-packed episode oh, yeah that's all this episode was for obviously it was to set up the next episode but at the same time it's like well sure it had action-packedness it had like the fight on top of the explosives it had some really good scenes there. You saw, like, the Stormtrooper fight. You saw Bill Burr get, like, this kind of redemption against this guy who murdered all of his, like, squad mates. Um, and kind of, like... Again, I don't know if I would exactly say it endured me to him, but it, like, kind of explained a little bit about him. But it doesn't also match up with what happened in Season 1 with the character. Like, he... Almost yeah. seemed proud of being part of the Empire in the first one. And it seemed like he only left the Empire because it got destroyed. But now we realize that, no, it's not that. So it's like, when you look back, you're like, well, why does he speak about it with, like, kind of, like, reverence in certain ways? So it's just a little bit confusing what they're doing with that character. I have to imagine that the director and the writer, uh, the guy who you tried to <laughs> say earlier, the director you tried to say earlier... So awful. Uh, one day you will get it. Um, but I think because of this kind of... 
I don't know, because he's only been in episodes directed by this person, I wonder if they're, like, friends, and he, like, he really wants to push this character into the universe, because uh, I don't see a reason why to do that otherwise, right? You could have just brought, again, you could have brought in those other Mandalorians, right? They were badasses, and, like, if he can get through the scanner, then why couldn't they? And, like, they could have just hid as well. Um, so, I don't know, it's just, like, these little things that I think weren't explained well and were kind of done nonsensically that made this a little bit upsetting as a overall episode to throw into an eight episode arc. Again, if we had 20 episodes in a season, I'd be like, yeah, sure. You do whatever the hell you want for like 10 of those episodes, but 10 need to be revolved around this plot. When you have eight, you can't really be like, like last season, we it was really bad. Like there were like three filler episodes. This one, I would say that this is probably the only filler, like true filler, because yeah. uh, everything kind of built to something else in the other episodes, right? Even like the first one with the crate dragon, though it could kind of be considered a filler. Uh, it did bring about the armor, which brought about Boba Fett. So it's like kind of that. It had links to later in the season. This one kind of just is there, and. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not bad that it's happening like that, but when you have this few episodes, it feels kind of bad to throw it in there when everyone wants something more, right? And again, we're leading into, like, this probably super epic finale. Like, I have to imagine the finale is going to be huge, and I'm not sure if he's going to get Grogu back, too. Like, I think that'd be really interesting if he didn't get Grogu back, and that was kind of next season, right? Was him hunting for the oh, I mean, the thing is, is I think that's kind of what we're settled. I, that's what I've settled into too. Is like, it's gonna be a cliffhanger season finale. Yeah. Like, there's enough episodes to resolve the amount of issues that we've got. Mm-hmm. And I would almost wonder. I wonder two things. I think that I maybe it's just because I'm a lot more forgiving. I feel like last season did a lot of groundwork for this season. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of Bubba Fett. The idea of um. Bill Burr's character and like unnecessary episodes. I think you and I both agree. They were unnecessary episodes that gave us like segue into like maybe like what I think each one of those episodes gave us like a minute of clue into what's going to happen in the next season. Yeah. And for me, here's like, here's my hot conspiracy theory. I wonder if this season was all about expanding the universe to for the other Disney plus shows. I think so. Which is like, that's fine. I'm okay with that because so far I feel like it hasn't deviated from the main storyline and I'm fine with that. Yeah. And I, uh, I think we, you, I've said this so many times on this podcast that like, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Like I, I, like I love the, 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 the general canon mm-hmm. of it. But I think if I was someone who was like a huge fan, I'd be like, this season was so good for all these reasons. And I could see how that is exciting for everybody. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's it's setting so much up, right? Like, yeah. they announced all the shows that were coming in the next, I think, two years. And one, it's a huge list. And maybe we'll talk about that at the very end of the episode. I don't want to get into in the middle of it. But um, I think for sure, I think that it was setting up for all these extra properties that are being settled around the Mandalorian's uh, universe. Like Ahsoka's, right? And like, even when that happened, I instant was like, I hope Ahsoka gets a show, because that would be amazing. Well, now she has a show. So, yeah, I get that. And I get that a lot of people would be super stoked. I'm, as much as I'm happy 
that they're like setting up these other things because it's like exciting. It also kind of again, it didn't deviate too much, but it still does like maybe think like, well, if you had more episodes, sure, but. Mm-hmm. Why spend an episode spinning off onto another season of something when it already had like a setup to spin off? <laughs> it's Law and Order, baby. It's yeah. like the Law. Another <laughs> episode, you're gonna get a spin off, and you're gonna get crossovers in a oh. crossover event of the season that no one's seen before. If we're gonna go from Ahsoka to Bad Batch to Mandalorian oh. to Obi Wan. Well, I don't think we're gonna hit Bad Batch because that that's like before all of this. But yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, actually, one interesting thing about the things that I'll go into like for five seconds here. Uh, most of those series are not in conjunction with The Mandalorian. I think only one or two will actually line up with it. And it would probably be Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Everything else will be like way before. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. I do have some exciting uh, thoughts on some of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's quickly like jump through the plot because it's a pretty short one. Oh, yeah. uh, and then we can kind of get into some more like in-depth stuff here, because there are a couple things I do want to go into. So, are you going to do a, a, some, some, some kind of song? Can you give ready. us a plot song? All right, give us that plot song. Plot summary with Ben. Cara Dune remands the Mandalorian's old enemy uh, Mayfield into her custody from a crappy-looking TIE fighter destruction area junkyard thing. Uh, Mayfield directs them to a hidden base on Morak, which is a random-ass place to know where there's a random-ass hidden base, but, you know, whatever. Uh, When they arrive, the Mandalorian elects to accompany Mayfield into the refinery by wearing a cool awesome suit that thing was so much cooler like these the suits in this one really stepped it up between this and those like those uh sand troopers like i think i'm guessing what that's what they are because that's kind of how they were thing but man those Mm -hmm. looked so cool like so awesome um they have to take the unrefined radium radonium radonium um yeah um, yeah. without it exploding on the way. So they had to maintain a very slow speed, not hit bumps. And yeah, so as they're going, multiple of these uh, convoys explode in front of them and then they get attacked by pirates. This is very reminiscent of uh, episode six, uh, like those skiffs and things and like, even the Rogue One, it reminded me a lot of that when they were trying to steal the uh, hyperdrive crystal things. I'm not sure what they were called. But yeah, it was very reminiscent, reminiscent of those. Uh, Mandalorian fights them off and they almost <laughs> explode a couple times. Um, and then when a large group comes at them, two TIE fighters come in and save them at the last moment, letting them reach the facility, being the only cargo ship to reach the facility that day. Um, the Mandalorian and Mayfield are here to hit a terminal where the off in the officers' mess hall that will have the information that will lead them to Moff Gideon. But when they get there, Mayfield sees one of his former commanding officer, Valen Hess, 
which I didn't actually look up, but I, his name sounds very familiar, and fears being recognized. Uh, the Mandalorian goes in instead, taking off his helmet for the first time in front of anybody. This is a big yeah. deal because, like, there's a whole and thing, like, where he's not allowed to remove his helmet that we learned in the first one. Uh, and I wonder if that will have some kind of consequence going forward. Or if maybe he's starting to believe that, you know, you need to do certain things for your creed. Like, you need to go outside the creed. So maybe he'll, like, be more okay with that other group of Mandalorians, the Guardians. And I uh, think for this one too, like, um, sorry to interrupt no, you, no, but go ahead. this was for me, uh, if there's one thing I can say about the director's uh, good work, I feel like this is where we actually see him working with Bill Burr and his acting in such mm -hmm. a way that I was like, fuck, Bill Burr's a good actor. Yeah, and so I was very surprised. The, or is it the direction? So that's the thing, right? It's. It, I think it's a nice balance between the two. Yeah, I it think has they to be a balance. I, I uh, think they each other out with that. Yeah, like I have to say that Bill Burr did a great job this episode. Like, because after the first season, I was like, this guy is not a good actor. Like, he was just kind of a loud actor in the first yeah. one, and he really just played himself. Like, he was Bill Burr playing Mayfield, playing Bill Burr, but in this one, it actually felt like he was an actual character. Like, he felt like. He was Mayfield. He wasn't yeah. just like a comedian up on stage doing this thing. So I was pretty, pretty happy with how like that kind of went through. And I would definitely say I would love to see this character again. Like I said, yeah, yeah. if he comes back once a season, I would actually be happy because. Yeah, me too. He brings in like yeah. this different range because the first one, he was kind of like this mad but funny guy, right? Not the best humor, but he was trying to be like this funny guy. And this one, like you actually saw some emotion, some resolve and really like looking forward towards it being like, I need to be able to sleep at night, right? I think that was such a powerful line there, right? Because it kind of showed, like, he does have a conscience and he does have feelings and he's not just, like, some guy who just leaves people to die, right? Yeah. Uh, and you realize that kind of at the in the last one in The Prisoner, it was his directive. Like, it was his mission, right? Or his... He was getting paid to do that to The Mandalorian, Right? <laughs> Just like the Mandalorian would probably do to someone else if he goes getting paid to do it, right? So he yeah. wasn't like really a bad guy in the first one. I mean, he wasn't a great guy, but he was a bounty hunter basically, right? And he had to do whatever he had to do to finish the mission. So, but in this one, you really learn like he is a person and he's lost people and he left the Empire for a reason. And I think you even get that through, like, Cara Dune at the end, right? Letting him yeah. go. Uh, yeah. But I do want to talk on this uh, this chase scene, I guess, that you'll be calling it. Uh, not the <laughs> actual chase uh, at first, but I want to talk a little bit when they went through the village. Like, that very, yeah. very yeah. deep conversation that they have, even though it's, like, one-sided. Uh, yeah. Bill Burr's character, like, brings up such a great point when it comes down to it. It's, like, yep. New Republic, Empire, Mandalore, like, it's all the same, right? You you grow up a certain way, you're given certain values, you're given certain directives about what is good and what is right, and then you go to other planets and try and force that on people, right? Like, that's such a colonial, like, vision of how everything is, but it's very much how like the world was and world is really yeah. right. The yeah. ones who have power come in and they think they know best. So they enforce their 
whatever rule they have on other people. And then they leave and these people are no, like are worse for everything. Like they're worse for wear. And I'm just, I I really think that if the new Republic had this refinery, they probably do basically the exact same thing. Like I had no doubt. Like, I mean, they were supposed to be better, but if this stuff is that valuable and that powerful, of course they would be trying to like get it right. They would take over that mine if they had it, and then they would probably still be doing it. I think it kind of goes back to, um, for me, um, why I really love science fiction is that it does such a great job of what this, it's like a funny term called estrangement. And the estrangement is like, it makes this impossible world to believe in uh, a reality because it actually mirrors our world. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The only difference is we have aliens, or instead of it being called Earth, it's called Blue. And you can see those similarities, whether they're through metaphor or allegory or even, like, an an analogy. But, like, what I love about science fiction is you can take so many things from what's happening in our world and just manipulate it or estrange it Mm -hmm. in a way that you are like, oh, shit, that's, like, exactly what it is. And I think it's why we love... Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, why we love um, Black Mirror, why mm-hmm. we love so many things that are like so fantastical, but are also like a shy away from the real thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you're you're absolutely right, Ben. His conversation was so spot on. Yeah, like I just I, and again that showed like how he actually thinks about things and like is growing this character out to hopefully you know again maybe come back once a season to do things and maybe he'll grow outside now that he's like free right maybe he'll grow something and then they'll have to like come to him for information or for like something good or else maybe he joins like a rebellion or joins like a sect of like hunters or something so i i think there's a lot they could do with this character and i'm very very excited to see what they do do with this character because if they brought him back for this and released him and did nothing with him after i'd be very confused yeah, and I think we can kind of go back to now this conversation, I think, which I don't know if it was the director's idea. I don't know if it was the writer's idea, um, which is the conversation about what is our what is our takeaway as an audience about the prison system in general? Mm-hmm. And let's go let's let's start local and then go global or locally. We can talk about the prison system in the Star Wars universe. It looks pretty freaking awful. Oh, yeah. Uh, like you're just basically you're you're. You're digging up the remains of your people that you've kind of fought alongside, and you're, like, clearing through the rubble, basically. Yeah. And if you don't agree with it, you get electrocuted. Yeah, that was that was rough. With the electrocution yeah. thing, I was like, ooh, this doesn't sound like a good kind of, like... Like, I guess it's still a prison, but, like, that's a little bit in, kind of on the Empire side rather than a New Republic kind of side. And what's interesting is it doesn't look like there's any room for rehabilitation. Like, it doesn't look like anyone can be free after they serve their time. They're, like, let go. And I think that's a very interesting thing because, again, I'm not saying – I'm not saying who's right or who's wrong. I'm just saying this is just what I've observed from this episode Mm -hmm. is it it looks like if you served with the Empire, you're you're done. You're you're set. Like, you can – we can use that for an analogy for something else. I won't say what, but we could use it for an analogy for something else. And so if that person served under this regime, we could say, that's it, you're done. 
you, you, you're now for the rest of your life will serve your time. And there's no room for rehabilitation. There's no room for education or for someone to be like, you know what? I realized I was totally wrong. I was misinformed. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I can go back into society. Yeah. And then, so, and then this, right? Yeah. So, going off of that, just a little bit before you continue your point. So there, if you go the extended universe, like I get totally what you're saying with based on what you've seen. Yeah. Cause it's totally true. Based on what you've seen, like, if you were Imperial and you get caught, you are thrown into jail and you are yeah. done to this, right? Um, yeah. Or you're like on a mobile prison barge or whatever else you want to do, right? Either way, yeah. you're kind of screwed. In the extended universe, it's not so much the case. Like a lot of Imperials who le- decide to leave are fine. Like yeah. they can, once the Empire was gone, they just, they pieced out and they joined the Rebellion or they joined the Republic but it was really hard for them. So in the book Alphabet Squadron, it's all about that. It's about a uh, imperial deserter who becomes part of the, like the New Republic as part of Alphabet Squadron. Um, but no, for the most part, you're completely right. I think if you weren't a defector, you were kind of screwed afterwards. And yeah. yes, just like in real worlds, that yeah, not going to so, say the place, but if you were once this thing, you were always going to be seen as this thing. Yeah, and so then this episode happens, and Bill Burr's character, we see growth. Like, that, the one thing I will say about this episode that I really loved was just watching this character evolve. And the acting is so top-notch, I think, and Bill Burr should be so proud of himself for this episode. I might even tweet him and say, good job, man. That was really good. Um, because he then changes, I would say, re- rehabilitated, mm-hmm. and they let him go. Um, yeah. And so I think what I, I think our takeaway from that on a Star Wars level is like, if you can de- if you can prove that you've changed in a way, you are deserving of a second chance to be rehabilitated back into society. Mm-hmm. So then, on a global scale, what does that say about people who do small crimes or, you know, because like they're they're stuck. There, that's kind of the point of, and you know, not maybe so much in Canada. It's a very different system, um, and a lot of people, you know, I, again, I'm not saying you're right or wrong if you think this way. I'm just saying there are a lot of people who are upset because they feel as though the sentencing in Canada isn't strict enough. It's not. Um, people aren't punished, and their sense of like what justice is isn't happening. And I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying that's just a thought process, mm-hmm. and so you know the idea behind it is that you're meant to be released back to society like you serve your time yeah. you're rehabilitated you're re-educated then you go back and i'm not saying everyone does that and everyone falls in that category but it's interesting to see that and then you compare it to like something like the united states where it has a for-profit prison industry yeah where the prisoners are in you make money off of that if you own that prison so people are essentially kind of like the birth character they might have done something wrong and we don't agree with it and it's heinous what they've done, but there's no room for them to learn. There's no room for them to grow and they just stay in that system altogether and they aren't given that rehabilitation. Um, and I think that's an interesting, this episode is so interesting in that way. I don't know if you see it like that or, yeah, or what your thoughts. I think uh, definitely, I think that this one really showed that I think it's less so the rehabilitation and more so the forgiveness side mm-hmm. like that's a that was a huge thing for Cara Dune to do to right because like she was 
from Alderaan. Her planet got blown up, um, yeah. and still she was able to like kind of almost forgive this uh, person who was part of the empire who destroyed her planet killed everyone she ever knew right so i think it's very very much a kind of a showing that she is able to grow as well because as much as like we might say that he rehabilitated he always had that inside him right it seemed like he was very upset with the empire he got to face Mm -hmm. this person who killed all of his people and he was able to do something about it right just like she saw this group of like the empire who did terrible things to her people and destroyed her planet and killed them all. And she was able to do something about it. So I think she might've even maybe seen a little bit of herself in him getting that kind mm-hmm. of like redemption yeah. arc from that as well. Uh, and that's a really beautiful yeah. point because you're, you're the forgiveness thing. I didn't even think about. And, and in a lot of ways, I think uh, globally us as a society, I think we're, we're not, this is a general assumption, so I don't have enough evidence to prove it, but I think it's hard for us to forgive people. Oh, yeah. I think it's a really difficult thing, and uh, myself included, it, it's so hard to do, and I think it's a lot easier said than done. But your point about Cara Dune, I think, is something so fascinating that I didn't even think about because maybe is she she she's the believer because she believes in his character now. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian forgave him too, right? Yeah, I mean, they yeah. threw each other into a jail cell, and then at the end of it, he's like, yeah, just go. Like, get out of here. Like, you did something really incredible. As well, the Mandalorian would have, like, no... Like, I'm very almost surprised that he didn't actually kill Mayfield because he saw his face, right? But yeah. the fact that Mayfield killed everyone in that room because they saw his face is even yeah. bigger, right? And then he's just, like, yeah. straight up, he's like, put your helmet back on, I didn't see your face. And, like, yeah. was very much, like... You did what we had to do. We talked about this. Like, what lines are you willing to cross to get what you need to do? And then he kind of comes back and is like, yeah. I get what you did. You just saved everything. And yeah. I just, I tried to fix it as much as I could. But I respect you enough to be like, I will never tell anyone that I saw your face. And I think that was a huge thing too, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah. again, Mayfield... Think like, about that. That's so smart, Ben. That's yeah. really... That's, this, see what I mean? This episode, it's like so subtle. It's yeah. like a subtle episode, and yet we talked about it's not necessary, but it kind of is. Like, it kind of is, and I'm yeah. okay with that. In a lot of ways, I think it is. And I think in a lot of ways, it really is an interesting look at that character um, and, like, how they're going to move forward with him. And, again, yeah, just a lot of stuff. And then also looking at the Mandalorian and Cara Dune and, like, seeing them grow and... Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's just finish up this plot really quick here. And again, do uh, jump in if you ever need to, uh, if you have anything to say here, but, um, we talked about that part. So yeah, the Mandalorian goes in, uh, inside the, and to get the terminal, which needs a facial scan, forcing him to remove his helmet, uh, which requires the codes as well. And, Oh, it's such a powerful moment because it's the only second time we've ever seen his face. One was mm. in front of uh, IG-11 and then now. Yeah. Um, and again, it's this, him. You can see like his pain when he does it too. And, yeah, like, he's weak. Yeah, because like he hasn't removed his helmet for anybody like in front of like real people in a long ass time. Because I wouldn't even count yeah. IG-11 as part of it, right? Just like IG-11. No, no, he's not a, yeah. So, yeah. 
yeah, very, very interesting, very painful part, I think, for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here he is then in, uh, confronted by Hess, uh, but here Mayfield also intervenes to save him because he didn't know his TK number, and Mayfield kind of played it off as if he had uh, lost some brain cells and some yeah. hearing in a, oh, what was it? A depressurization accident? Yeah. So I thought that was really good, very smart from Mayfield, and Mayfield also gave up the chance of him being found out, right? So he like sac he could have sacrificed himself very hard right there for the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, after what I would call nothing less than a tense drink <laughs> with Hess, uh, he callously dismisses the Imperial soldiers and civilians who died in Operation Cinder that Mayfield brings up. And then after a very, very awkward, awkward <laughs> conversation, uh, Mayfield shoots him and then everybody else in the room, like we talked about. Yeah. They then have to make this sweet escape on the side, which is very reminiscent of like James Bond or uh, Mission Impossible, where they're like climbing around yeah. on the side. But you have Fennec and Dune up in the side providing cover fire. These guys, mm -hmm. these two are amazing shots. Like, yeah. how did the Mandalorian yeah. ever get an upper hand on her? Like, I just don't... She, oh, she was just so cool. Uh, again, yeah. uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I was listening back and I remembered saying that I wanted her to be part of, like, a mainstay, a mainstay on the show. And she's yeah. back. And I forgot to talk about that the other day. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're not wasting this character. Um, And then Boba Fett arrives in Slave 1, which, again, is the most random ship design ever because it, like, you have to flip yourself. Oh, it's weird. Uh, but I love it. It's so funny because, like, um, when I was watching it, my my girlfriend said it looks like a happy face. The back of the ship yeah. kind of looks. Yeah, I guess yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after escaping onto Slave One, Mayfield takes a long rifle and gets a perfect shot, and you realize, oh, this guy was not just a stormtrooper. This guy was like a sharpshooter, because that was an amazing yeah. shot. And it was, like, just an old-school rifle. Like, it was, like, a rifle that you use now to, like, hunt with. Like, there was no special anything, like, no super scope. It was, like, a old-ass rifle. And he shoots the one of the cargo ships, and it explodes, destroying the entire facility. The ship is then pursued by two TIE fighters. But as it is Boba Fett in the helm, he uses this sweet... A seismic charge that he drops and has the <laughs> most amazing effects. Like that was like world destroying kind of effect, and it yeah. like takes them both out perfectly. Oh, so good! Like yeah, Boba really Fett's good. only I been think... here for two episodes, and he has had some amazing, amazing like moments. You know, you know what blew me away is he's had more lines of dialogue in like one episode than he had in three whole movies or two whole movies. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I guess three if we're going to include Attack of the Clones. Oh, well, no, actually, Attack of the Clones had quite a few lines. The kid oh. had quite a few lines. But as an adult, Boba Fett only had two lines, I think? I don't know, man. I don't know. But right? regardless, that seismic charge, it was cool. Actually, I'm not sure Boba Fett had any lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That's a good question. You you riff for a second. I want to check check this. 
Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking a couple things. My predictions, because I think I feel like that's kind of almost the end of the episode. Because I think the next part we're going to talk about is after the seismic charge, we talk about they land and then they let Mayfield go. And then there's that dope uh, taken moment that the Mandalorian has with Moth Gideon of like, I will find you and I will destroy you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, we're about to get there. So, uh, they set him free, like we talked about, and then he gets sends the message to you, uh, Moff Gideon, vowing to rescue Gorgu because he means more to him than he could ever imagine. One, aw, like, but Yoda means that much to him. That's so awesome. But also, like, oh my God, if I was Moff Gideon, I'd be like, oh shit, world is about to come down on me. Because, <laughs> like, he yeah. was like, the Mandalorian was very, like, sinister and, like, very, like... He don't play. He don't play. And he is coming for Gorgu. And Moff Gideon better be prepared. I know he's got a Darksaber, but Mandalorian has, like, a bunch of Mandalorians with him. <laughs> what a freaking Beskar spear, okay? It, yeah. Oh, my God. There's going to be a sweet, like, sword fight with him using the spear and the other guy using the sword. Ah, oh, yes! So, uh, okay... I feel like we can do a prediction now. Can we do a prediction? Uh, but first, uh, Boba Fett oh. had, in Empire Strikes Back, he had four lines. And that was it. So in the movie series, he had four whole lines that were, as you wish. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. He's no good to me dead. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Those were the only lines that he had in the entire series and he is this yeah. iconic of a character. <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show you just like, you know, people really, it's, it's so, you don't know what people are going to like, mm -hmm. you know, you really have no idea. I think like, it's just because he looked awesome. Yeah. Uh, but in the Star Wars holiday special for the cartoon, he had 20 lines. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them, again, were just like one-liners. And like small things. About, do we talk about the holiday special or no? Uh, well, this isn't the new one. So this is the old holiday, like cartoon holiday special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that is that that's canon not, or no? So that's this isn't the one that you're probably thinking about. So the there was the Star Wars, Chris like holiday special, which was like with mm -hmm. uh, real people. Yes, that's the one I'm talking. So about. that's not this one. This one's like an animated one, that was oh, okay. first aired on CBS. Um, and then was re-released in 2011. It's a nine-minute cartoon called The Faithful Wookiee. Oh. Yeah. Very random. Uh, but the holiday special you're thinking about is the one about Life Day, uh, which they did actually reference in The Mandalorian, which is pretty funny. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, so that's about Life Day, and it is awful. Like, but is awful. It I think so. Because all movies are canon. I don't think they removed those, but I'm not too sure. It could be either way. But there is a new holiday special for Star Wars, for Lego Star Wars holiday special. If anyone out there wants just like a quick 30 minute entertainment of kind of like funny weirdness, definitely go for it. It's pretty funny. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, really good. Uh, it's all about Rey and going through time and stuff and trying to learn how to be a Jedi uh, master. It's very, very cool. It's all set after the nine movies. Um, sorry, let's... I digress. Let's get back to this. 
so yeah, like he's going in on Gorgu. Like he's going for him, and it's going to be insane. There's probably going to be a sweet spear fight. But yeah, let's do some predictions, Gabe. I think my prediction. I think you both, you and I both agree on it. I, he's not getting him back. I don't think Gorgu's going to get back. And I think it'll be a cliffhanger episode. I think. I, I, I'm okay with this. I'll double down on it. I feel like what will happen is because of the seriousness of the series, um, we're going to have a character die. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to happen. And so I'm thinking it's going to be. Here's my bold prediction I think it's going to be Boba Fett. I can see that. I don't think yeah. it'll be Boba Fett, but I could see that. Um, yeah. Exactly. The only reason I say that is because there'd be no reason to bring Boba Fett back yeah. just for him to die because he could easily have a spinoff series. I oh, think that yeah. would just be like a waste of money at, for uh, the studio. I don't think, I think story-wise that would be really good because like he's indebted to him until like the baby's safe. But at the same time, I don't see it happening based on money for the studio. Uh, just because... If I was a studio and I was like, I have this awesome property, why would I waste it and get rid of him? I think that I could see Cara Dune maybe dying, unless she's part of the Rangers spinoff show. And... Yeah, it's hard because no one's going to be as impactful as the deaths from last season. Right? When we yeah, lost... I, I, uh, yeah. This IG-11. Is the way, IG-11 and uh, This Is The Way. Or I've spoken, guy. Yeah, yeah, Creel. Um, no one this season is going to have like the same kind of impact if they die, yeah. because he hasn't yeah. been with people very long, right? Yeah. So unless they bring in Cara Dune to die, or maybe grief, grief. I don't know how they bring him back. Or... Well, I think they're going to bring back everybody. I think this is going to be a very big team up episode, just like last season. I think you're going to get the Mandalorians, like the Guardians. I think you're going to get. Uh, Cara Dune and Grief. I think you're going to get Mandalorian and oh, what's her name? The Sniper. Oh, uh, Faye... Fennec? Fennec. There we go. Um, yeah, I think we're going to get these characters to, like, to be part of it, but I don't think that if any of them die, I wouldn't be really upset. Except maybe mm. Cara Dune, because she's been in so many episodes. But even then, I'm like, she's great. Like, she's a great actress. She's a fun character, but at the same time, I wouldn't be as upset as I was when Quill and the other one died, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I'm curious to see um, if we're going to see another Jedi, though, in this next episode. There ha- there was that person, like the shadowy figure in the episode mm-hmm. with the other Mandalorians. Uh, what was that episode right. called? The high- uh, Eris? Yeah. So in the Eris... Yeah. I think it was that's what it was called. In the episode with the three other Mandalorians from the Guardians, um, they were... There was a shadowy figure who most people thought was going to be the Jedi, but it wasn't. So maybe Mm. that's who they're going to find? Maybe that's Mm. going to be his new teacher? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because maybe, like, she was following them anyways. So it's... It's weird to have like that scene with that character and have them not show up yeah. the entire season too. Yeah. Um, a lot of questions. A lot, a lot of, of questions. questions. And 
Yeah, it's it's so hard. I know that I think that there's going to be some kind of like lightsaber versus Mandalorian or like the uh, Besker spear, or else why bring that into the series at all? Yeah. Um. There's going to be a huge fight. They're going to fight on the Star Destroyer. I bet. I don't think they're going to do like a planet side fight. So it'll be like very reminiscent of like Episode Four. Um. Then again, they already kind of had that. I'm not sure what they'll do with that. But yeah, so I I don't know. It There's a lot that could go on with it. I really hope that it's super epic because I want it to like end super strong. So I'm stoked about having to wait a year before we get eight more episodes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that there's so much they can do with them. I th- hope there's so much they will do with it, but we'll see. Um, I don't think that Moff Gideon's going to die. I think that he's somehow going to escape again. I'm not sure how I much I would like him to escape again, because last time when he escaped was pretty lame. Uh, but at the same time, I think that he's going to just be that kind of overall guy who doesn't seem to die in a show. Uh, the T-1000, man. He just keeps just coming, coming back. back. Yeah. And also, we don't have another big bad. Like, we have so much to explain still, like the cloning, the... Uh, why they need the baby in the first place, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's all... There's still so many mysteries that obviously are not going to be part of this season. I think that maybe the clone stuff might get explained next season. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I just don't know. I think that... There's so many question marks, and I don't know what they're going to try and wrap up this season. Yeah, I don't know either. Which is exciting. I I think I'm very excited for this episode. I think that again, I think they're gonna do a good job because they've been doing a good job all season. I haven't really had a stinker of an episode this season, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. It's a big challenge, man. It, this this episode is the biggest challenge I think the series has ever had to figure out. Oh, yeah. Like how are they gonna move on? Definitely. Um, yeah. Also, can we just quickly talk about Boba Fett's armor? And how awesome it looked in, like, that matte paint job. Polished. Like, it was, like... So, unlike the Mandalorian, like, Mando, or Boba Fett from the past, like, it was, like, this really nice, clean matte green. And, like, the matte orange and stuff. And it looked so good. I I can't get over how good it looked. Because I was looking at the first time, I was like, there's something different about that armor. And I was like, oh, it doesn't shine. Like, that is a great look, plus his, like, cape thing that he still has going on. And, like, that is a good look for Boba Fett. Like, mm. that is, like, some, like, old school. This is, like, he's his uh, Mandalorian's, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi along for the ride and stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty... Some good, uh, fresh. He looks fresh yeah. to death. I, I have to commend the uh, costumers. Like, the uh, costume makeup people on this show, like, are just absolutely amazing. And I'm... A little surprised they... I don't think they won anything at the uh, TV Awards. Could be wrong. I feel this would be the year for them to get nominated because they've had a lot of really good features and special effects and makeup and costumes as well. Like, it would be silly for them not to get nominated or recognized, at least in some... Or Emmys TV? Yeah, even Golden Globes. Oh, Golden Uh, Globe, I think that's what it is. Emmys as well. Emmys as well. They also, like, there's science fiction awards, isn't there? Like, the... Yeah, but those... No one cares about those. 
I care about. No, the... it's too bad for you. The the things that really people care about: Emmy, Globes, and Oscars, right? And then whatever they have for the uh, musical theater or just theater in general. Uh, Mandalorian Awards. Let's see Emmy Awards. Oh, never mind. It was nominated a lot last season, <laughs> and it won oh. a bunch too. It was nominated for fifteen awards and it won seven, including. It won Outstanding Sound Mixing, which makes sense. It has great sound mixing. Outstanding Special Effects and Visual Effects. Uh, stunt Coordination, Cinematography, Sound Editing. For some reason, it's counted as a... Oh, Comedy or Drama. Okay, Drama. I get that. Uh, production Design for Narrative Program. Um, actually, Taika Waititi was nominated for an award for... Uh, voiceover performance for uh, IG-11. I can, I can see that. As well as Outstanding Guest Star Moff Gideon, because let's be honest, Esposito is amazing. And then Ding. it won Outstanding Music Score. So most of the stuff was for score and uh, effects that it won stuff for. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that this season so far, I like it a lot. I like it mostly better than the first season, and I'm excited to see what happens next season. Uh, and then we'll do probably our short wrap-up episode after that, and then yeah, then uh, sad news to our stream. We will be saying goodbye to Gabe for a bit, as he is going oh. to school, uh, so he needs to take a little break from the podcast. Uh, but I'm going to try and get some people together to do some of the Marvel shows, uh, including WandaVision, Loki, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier as they all come out January, March, then May. So I'll go one into the other into the other. So lots to do there. And hopefully Gabe might be able to jump onto an episode or two as a guest. Yeah, end of March, I'm all yours again. So. All right. So you can do uh, you can do the May one, March and May. So you can do, I think, Falcon, Winter Soldier and Loki. So you only miss out on uh, WandaVision, mm-hmm. which should be very good. Uh, they all look. They all look I'm amazing. Not, all look really like, and then uh, are we going to talk about these things? Can yeah, talk so about them? I, I want to talk a little bit now because I think we've kind of go through our thoughts on the episode. Is there anything else you want to say about the episode before we jump into this? All right. If you haven't watched the episode yet, uh, you should have by now because we spoiled everything. But if not, definitely go back and watch it. Also, I would suggest before going into the finale that you watch the entire season up to it. Cause I think there's going to be things that we missed, uh, especially mm-hmm. as like viewers uh, who only watch it like once. I personally watch each episode about three or four times getting ready for this podcast. So I catch a lot of these things, but I'm probably going to watch all the episodes leading into the finale just to uh, kind of get a sense of where the season went and how it's going to finish off. So I'm pretty stoked about that. But we have some great news. There are a lot of new shows coming to Disney+. Plus. I'm going to focus on the Star Wars ones, obviously. And we are confirmed for a season three of Mandalorian. It's already been confirmed. I'm guessing that it's probably already started shooting. I'd be very surprised if it hadn't. Um, we have Andor, which looks cool. It's uh, focusing on the character from um, Rogue One. If you remember him, he's like the side character. And that show will definitely have an endpoint because he dies in Rogue One. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
so I'm that stoked for that. Insane. I think I think it's really good for Diego Luna. Yeah. I think he's such a good actor, and um, yeah. What I like about it is exactly kind of what he said in his interview, which is like there's such a huge universe out there, so you want to know different things, and it doesn't always mm. have to be about Jedi. It can be about a bunch of other things, and exactly. I think Rogue One that. Yeah. Uh, then we have Obi Wan, which we've talked about before, but also has been announced that alongside Ian McGregor, who is going to be playing uh, Obi Wan, we also have Hayden Christensen coming in to reprise his role as Darth Vader. I'm not sure how excited I am about that. I don't think I've seen Hayden Christensen in anything in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. How, and he wasn't a great actor, or he didn't do a great job as yeah. Anakin. Yeah. But that kind of direction. Yeah, I'm okay with it. The thing I'm more excited to see is everyone's theories about Obi-Wan and how that's going to go down. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I saw one, I forget who it was, so I'm really sorry. I'm not giving any credit to them. It's not my idea, so it's not my theory. But one of the things I liked is like when they were talking about how in A New Hope, Obi-Wan quickly recognized that it was the Death Star and he knew what it was. Mm -hmm. And the dialogue between Vader and Obi-Wan saying the last time I saw you, you shouldn't have come back here. And so to me, it sounds as though maybe that's what's going to happen in Obi-Wan as well as he goes on to the Death Star Mm. and he knows what the Death Star is and that's how they interact again. So what I'm curious about... That's true, because he knew how to get to that, like, the shield very, very fast. He did. And so you could really play with that. There could be Mm -hmm. so much fun with that. And But again... Are we saying it's one episode or one season? Are we saying it's two seasons? Like, I think it has a short... I think this series has a short lifespan. If you were to do it right. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. And actually, yeah, that's something I didn't even think about until you said that, so... Do you make it a movie? No, it's definitely a TV show. I know, but I'm just... I'm saying, like, you could do it or or it would be fine to do. I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think it'll be really great. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ewan McGregor. And um, I, I don't know how I... I I'm kind of like you, Ben. Yeah, I'm like, it could be good. It could be bad having Hayden Christensen come back. But it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Uh, then the next thing on the docket is, of course, Ahsoka, who is going her own series. As we talked about earlier this season, I wanted to see Ahsoka in her own series going after General Thrawn uh, and after Ezra. And in that show, I'm sure we will also see... A char- the character Sabine, who is another Mandalorian, who is connected very heavily to Book Ten and to the Dark Saber. So I could see that if Ahsoka comes out before season three of the Mandalorian, or in conjunction with season three, that you'll see some crossover there. Oh yeah, that's cool. Because they are set at the exact same time, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. The next is Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, this is the second spinoff of The Mandalorian with, uh, actually, I don't know how much has actually been set out there, but it's about the Sector Rangers, which I'm guessing will be those two guys that we've seen a couple times now who saved him from the spiders. Oh, okay. I could see that being them, uh, or else like a group like them going up to the Outer Rim and like trying to, uh, curtail everything as well as taking on some of the, uh, remnant Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love for it to be those like that. Oh, what's his name? The guy from uh, Kim's Convenience. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've forgotten his name. 
And seeing as though I've butchered people's names today, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. Uh, he is a great actor. Very funny. I think that it could be a great mix of comedy and action in that series. Especially if they mm-hmm. use, like, that kind of ranger. Like, it doesn't have to be action, action, action. That could be such, like, a funny way to do it. And, like, mm-hmm. bring in these, like, rangers who are good at what they do, obviously. But also have, like, this kind of good acting chops enough to be comedian kind of like mm-hmm. throw that in there so yeah. i think that would be a very interesting take on it but i'm not sure that's what sure. they would do i think yeah. that is quite good yeah. mostly action um then we have the bad batch which is a spin-off of the clone wars based on the bad batch who were introduced in the final season of clone wars that was released last year earlier this year last year um really fun characters though like the concept of the Bad Batch is that they were clones, like all the rest of the clone troopers, but they were mutated in wrong ways. So, like, one's really, really strong. One is, like, has really good eyesight. Like, they're, like, almost advanced. Like, they're mutated things. Uh, like, mutated clones. So, they're really cool. No one really wants to work with them, though, because they are kind of erratic. But they are amazing, like, special ops. So, I definitely... I'm going to watch that show. I'm very excited about it. Uh, but because it is a cartoon, I think that a lot of people will probably shy away from it. And then we have Lando, which was announced. And it's being directed by the person who did Dear White People. Not sure if you ever saw that. I did. Yeah. It's a good show. Good show. Um, I'm interested to see if they're going to bring Donald Glover back to be Lando. Or if they're going to recast Lando altogether. Uh I think it would be smart. I don't know if Donald Glover would do it, though. But I think it would be really good continuity. Yeah. Uh, unless they make him middle-aged, and then I guess he can change it up a bit. But... Ugh, excuse me. Sorry, my allergies are still going out of like, out of control this week. To your help. So, yeah, uh, Mandalorian. I mean, sorry, Lando. I think that could be a really fun show. Again, this will definitely be like a comedy, like a mix of comedy and action. Uh, Ice. Yeah, I'm not sure. It depends on what direction they go with Lando, because in the Legends stuff, he became like a very big, prominent business person, like legit business uh, at a certain point. So, that could be really fun to like explore. But I'd also be super cool with it being, like, during his smuggling and heist days. Because he also... Lando does show up in Star Wars Rebels quite a few times. And he helps out the other guys, uh, or the main character cast, with different heists and different, like, jobs and stuff. So that could be really cool, too. Like, this very, like, mix of, like, heisting or, like, being the boss of a heist and stuff. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's really... Whatever happens, I think they have... They have the right tools to make all of this happen, I think, because they're yeah. so all of them are most of that production team is coming from the Marvel universe. And, they, you know, they were really good about expanding that universe really well. Mm-hmm. So I think so. Then the last one that was announced was is going to be from the director of Russian Doll or the creator and showrunner of Russian Dolls. Um as well as sleeping with other people, uh, filmmaker Leslie Headland, I believe. Um, and this series called The Acolyte, and this sounds amazing. It's going to be presented in the time of the High Republic, which was 
way, way, way before even the prequels. And it's during this new kind of timeline that they're bringing in with this new book series they're bringing out. So I'm very, very excited to like see what they're going to do with like the origin, like origins of the Jedi and stuff. Um, and I think that you could get some really cool things in here, very like action heavy, but also very learning more about what made Jedi Jedi and why they are how they are and like what brought about the Sith and like all these different things because there's so much stuff that they could go back to because there's so much yeah. history. You could also bring in the war with Mandalore, right? The war between Jedi and Mandalore from way, sure. way, way back. Like that would be really interesting to like learn about these characters that we love now, but in their like histories of these people. So I'm very, very excited about Acolyte. I really hope that they do something cool with it and don't screw it up <laughs> and that we get like kind of more of this history look of everything. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool to see. Yeah. So those are the new properties that are coming out. I would be very surprised if after Mandalore or Boba Fett's venture into all this, that we don't get a Boba Fett show announced next year uh, mm -hmm. for like a 2022 or 2023 release, because now that he's back, yeah, all, all all bets are off. Like he could do so many things, but, but bring back like the most iconic bounty hunter in the Star Wars universe. Like, you better not waste this like resource that you have. Just use it and get something out there. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I'm I'm. There's just a whole world out there now for like these expansions to go off and these sideshows to kind of do their own thing. So, I mean, it's very interesting. I don't know which I'm gonna watch. But I'm excited I'm for sure you'll watch them all. <laughs> Send me Lando. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very excited. I think that there's some good things coming. Sorry, I'm starting to lose my voice. My allergies are just killing me right now. Um, but yeah, I think that there's just so much exciting stuff coming out, and I'm very excited to see what happens next. Uh, yeah. I think that does it for us this week. I'm going to get into that wrap up time. If you didn't know each and every week on the mighty Mandos, me and Gabe talk about the newest episode of the Mandalorian. We are go live on Sundays. Next week will be the final episode of the actual series. Then we will probably do one more wrap up episode in which time we will I think we're bringing Gab back for the next episode and probably for the finale if he's in for it uh, which is exciting because we'll actually get some good audio on there sorry about last week's episode everyone with the audio being doubled there were some weird settings in my OBS that did not like me very much and created that echo that you heard um, I haven't decided if I want to release it on podcasting services I might do like a little preamble to it and then release it uh but yeah, I wasn't able to clean it up enough to actually get rid of the double voice. But that is it okay. It happens. That's what we get when we're uh, amateur podcasters. And yeah, you can catch us on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as a TikTok that we will probably start using more eventually. Um, I think there's some good ideas that we can do for TikTok and yeah, getting built on that. We also have a YouTube where you can catch this video if you missed it live on Twitch and you don't want to listen to it on a podcasting service. Please make sure to like that and make sure to subscribe to all of our social channels as well as onto us on Twitch as well as any podcasting service you use. Uh, if you can give us those five star reviews, give us a little comment. We would love to see that. Uh, we'll be checking that on 
Apple more and more going forward. We also have some new projects coming up in the new year, including one around Disney, some more video game stuff, all kinds of stuff coming out. We're going to have tons of content, so I'm very excited for that part. Yeah, yeah. Gabe is Gabe's excited. That's wild. Uh, I'm also streaming full-time on Twitch right now. I go live every day at about 1.30 p.m. PST, and then I take a little break and come back around 7 for usually a podcast or other activities, usually some uh, casual games like that, too. He's probably going to be playing Worms tonight with me. Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. Probably at some point. Um, maybe after the girlfriend leaves. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, other than that, make sure to stay tuned next week for the final episode of The Mandalorian. I'm very excited to see what happens with Moff Gideon and what will happen to our favorite baby Yoda, little Grogu. But that will do it for us today. As always on the Mandalorian podcast, the Mighty Mandos bring you your question of the day. Okay, so here's my question. <laughs> my question is, what happened to the people on the planet that lived there after that huge explosion happened? Probably partied because the Empire was gone. Maybe. But now they got nothing to or. Maybe they wanted to or. Well, I don't think they wanted to or. I think they just, I think like that was killing their planet. Oh, man. And their people. That's that's a larger thing, too. I wonder if they were having a comment on indigenous rights. Probably. Oh, shit. This episode was a good one, I guess. Yeah, this is a good episode. Again, oh, I don't think I'd put it in my top five, but it would be close. It'd maybe be like six or seven. Out of like all the episodes, it is good. It's a, slow burn. it's a slow burn for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. That's my question. Yeah, and my request to everyone else is: as we come up into our finals, we would love to see your list about your top five uh, episodes. Ooh, ooh. If you want to give those, send those to us in our DMs, or better yet, tweet at us at operators underscore the co or on Instagram and Facebook at the cooperators. Yeah, exactly. Be doing that. And we would love to see what your top five episodes are of the Mandalorian for the two seasons so far. Um, and any other comments you want to give us or questions that you have, uh, if we get some questions, maybe we'll do a mailbag episode, uh, to wrap out. But we'll see. Gotta get those questions first. So make sure to send those in to the cooperators entertainment at gmail.com or DM us on any of our social medias or at us, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> exactly. All right. That will do us for us this week. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.